Lord Jesus Christ, we simply are awed by what we've just heard and seen and sung. How do we, how do we respond to that, God? It's Easter again, and most of us in this room have read the story many times. We've heard the story. Some of us have actually been there. But it's still beyond our ability to wrap our minds around it. That you, Lord Jesus Christ, God who created everything, you came here and you wrapped yourself in a human body like us. You did the miracles, I'm sure many more than are recounted for us in the Gospels. You proved your power over everything, including death. But, but in this outrageous expression of love from God, you allowed the human race to say, no, no, we don't want you here, and, and crucify you. Death in a way that is beyond our ability to comprehend the pain of what it must have been like. Only because of a love that, that you have for us, God, that refused to be contained. How do we say thank you for that? And then, and then, Lord Jesus, what we've come to celebrate this morning, your resurrection. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, that we are praying to a risen Savior. And that you reach to every living human being on the planet this Easter morning. Thank you. We've come together this morning to lift our voices in praise because you alone deserve our praise. We've come to consider the truth that is beyond our ability to comprehend and then try to understand how it changes us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I praise you. In the name of the risen Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. And amen. Let's talk about it for just a minute. Why is it so amazing? Why does it awe you? Talk to me for a minute. Let's talk to one another. Why does the resurrection awe you? Because he, he was dead. Thanks, Eddie. You're right. And we've all been to funerals. Why else? Because he was punished so badly and we deserved it. Yeah, thank you, Tom. You're right. Why else? It's love. it's love. Outrageous. Beyond our ability to comprehend, Barb. You're right. Why else? It proved who he claimed to be. You're right, Jeff. Thank you. Why else? He chose it, Judy. Wow, that's powerful. He chose it. One more. I'm sorry. To forgive us. It was the only way. It was the only way. And isn't it awesome that this morning, Easter sunrise has already been happening for about 15 hours. <laughs> you know that my sister lives in Hong Kong, and every Sunday morning when I get up, there's an email waiting for me telling me what Sunday was like for them. In their little church in Hong Kong, 14 people were baptized this morning. There were 280 people there. I should say last night because it was 14 hours ago that it happened. And may I tell you that while Pastor Chuck was opening God's Word to you last Sunday, Palm Sunday, <laughs> I was at the top of a mountain in Haiti at a place called Rivière de Neg, 
I should have brought you a picture this morning. It was only about, oh, 75 people, but boy, they'd raise the roof when they were celebrating because it was Palm Sunday. Most of them couldn't read or write, but boy, they were there to celebrate Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, what you saw a moment ago, I think, is drawn out of Matthew's account of the resurrection. Would you turn there with me for just a few minutes? Because it's so powerful, isn't it, to see with our own eyes the words that explain to us what we really can't fully comprehend. The, the last chapter of Matthew 28. And there Matthew writes for us, <clears throat> After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Why? Mary Magdalene, do you remember about her? She was a woman out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons a woman deeply troubled, a woman whose life was, may I say, emaciated by the torment of demonic forces, and Jesus had freed her. And from that moment, she had become a, a follower, a literal, physical follower of Jesus. She went with him almost everywhere he went. She was there at the cross and watched him die. Matthew tells us that she followed uh, Joseph and Nicodemus when they took his body, and she watched him, them bury him. She watched them close the tomb. It tells us there. And that's why, first thing, that Sunday morning, she went back to the place where she had watched him be buried. Uh, Luke tells us she took some spices with her and the other women because that was part of their custom of how they dealt with uh, death in those days. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love that. Matthew's the only one that tells us about that. I wonder what you see there. Now, if you look at the last verse of the previous chapter, it explains to us why God had to do that. Look, the, the religious leaders had come to Pilate and said, we've heard that he claims he's going to raise from the dead. We think his disciples, his friends, are going to steal his body and then pretend that he's alive, so let's do something to make sure it doesn't happen. And Pilate said, you take a guard and you go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on it and posting the guard. There, there was no greater way to make sure that no one would mess with that tomb. You know what I see there? It's almost as, that, as though God is saying, okay, do the best you can to try to stop me. <laughs> and even if they'd encased that tomb in concrete, after they did everything they could do, God said, okay, now watch this. Kaboom! An earthquake, a violent earthquake, it says. And then an angel from heaven to earth that pushed that stone back and then sat on it. Don't you love that? Like, <laughs> can't you see it? It says there the guards were so terribly frightened they fell over like dead men. God had made a statement. You may not want me, but I love you. You may not want me close to you, but you can't stop me because I'm keeping you alive. You may want to push me out, but I'm not going. I won't force you to love me, but you can't stop me from loving you. Amen? And, and so I'm coming again, and I'm going to open up that tomb, not to let Jesus out, but to let you look in and see he is risen. Right? He's risen? He's risen indeed. So look, a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. Do you suppose it might have been Gabriel? 
he'd been here at least twice before. And he had told Zechariah, I stand in the very presence of God. Do you suppose it's possible that God said, Gabriel, have you had lunch? You ready to do it one more time? This time, I want you to push back the stone and you get to make the announcement that the one that you announced was going to be born not only came and lived and died, but is now arisen. I I love it there. And he rolled back the stone and he sat on it in confidence. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. You combine lightning and a violent earthquake, it kind of reminds me of Mount Sinai when God was speaking to his people, doesn't it? And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Yeah, I can understand that. I'd have probably done the same thing. How about you? And the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. Another way you could translate that is don't remain in fear. I understand why you are fearful in your reaction. I understand that, but don't stay there. Move beyond your fear. Let me free you from that because, look what it says next. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. That tells me that that whether or not the angel had actually watched the crucifixion from heaven, God had explained it to the angel before he came. Here's what has happened. Here's what you're stepping into. So communicate to them with a full understanding of all that has taken place. I know that you're looking for the Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. I I love that little phrase, come and see. Jesus used it often. Do you happen to remember in John chapter 1, the first time that, that John and Andrew met him, They saw him, and John had pointed and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And they started following him, and he said, What do you want? We'd like to spend some time with you. We'd like to get to know you. Come. Come and see. Come and spend the day with me. And remember what happened? After that day, Andrew went and found his brother Peter and said, I think we found him. We found the one we've been waiting for. How do you know? I spent the day with him. I got to see him with my own eyes and hear him with my own ears. So the angel kind of mimics those same words. Come, take a look for yourself. Look, (laughs) see the place where he lay. But don't you appreciate the beginning of verse 7? It's not enough to just come and hear about the story. It's not even enough to go and peek in the tomb and see for yourselves. Look what's supposed to happen. Then go and tell. Now think for a minute. Have you ever told somebody about Easter ever in your whole lifetime have you ever told somebody about the most amazing thing that's ever happened in human history the resurrection would it be fair for you for us to say that for every person who has ever come and seen ever actually understood the miracle of resurrection God expects us to do what they did it's not just for you It's for your family, it's for your friends, it's for every person you could possibly ever meet because it's the single most wonderful news in the world. Do you agree with that? Come and see for yourself. Then go and quickly tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you, get on with it, get going. (laughs) So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Don't you love that? I remember in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit came and they started speaking in languages they'd never studied. It says the people were amazed and perplexed. 
afraid yet filled with joy. God does that, doesn't he? He does these things in us that, that seem to be in opposition to each other, but they work together, afraid yet filled with joy. You ever been there? These ladies, how could you possibly explain that they've actually talked to an angel? They've actually looked into the tomb and he wasn't there. An angel who said, I've come from God to tell you he's arisen. Now go tell him. How do you process that emotionally, intellectually? Well, look what they did. They ran to tell his disciples. But if that wasn't enough, suddenly they had another encounter. Jesus met them. Now, in my Bible, it says greetings. It probably says the same in your Bible. But I wonder if he said shalom. Shalom. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Shalom. I understand your fear. I understand what you're feeling. It really is me, and I want you to see me with your own eyes. They came to him, and they clasped his feet, and they worshipped him. Have you ever thought about how are you going to react when the first time you actually see Jesus with your own eyes. I think about that a lot, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Pastor Chuck, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to give him a bear hug? Amen. Dennis, what do you think you're going to do? Fall on your knees for sure. Jim, what do you think you're going to do, brother? Amen. Amen. Mel, what do you think you're going to do? Fall face forward on the ground. Yeah. Jack, what do you think you're going to do, brother? Be spellbound. Be spellbound. Yeah. Nathan, what do you think you're going to do, brother? You'll probably salute. <laughs> Kiss his feet. Yeah. Dear Kate, what do you think you might do? I'll find out when I get there. You'll find out when you get there. That's a good word. Isn't it wonderful to know there is no official protocol in terms of how do you react to Jesus? Nathan's been trained in a whole lot of protocol, I'm sure, brother, of how do you respond when somebody of a higher rank or the president walks into the room. This is the king of the universe. There's no official protocol. You get to respond to him out of your own personal relationship with him and whatever that is that wells up inside of you. For these dear ladies, they just fell down and, and they worshipped him and they grabbed a hold of him. I can understand that. And he said to them, don't be afraid. Don't stay in your fear. I understand how you feel. Instead, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Could I ask us to own that phrase? There they will see me. If you're here this morning with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, could I invite you to own that phrase in this way? I believe this Easter God is saying to every single one of you, if you'll keep your eyes open and your heart alert, you too will have an encounter with the risen Christ. You'll see his fingerprint all around You'll feel his touch upon you personally. His word will come alive to you in a new way. Maybe it'll happen during worship. Maybe it'll happen in your private study time. Maybe it'll happen in a prayer moment. Maybe it'll happen if you have a close call with death. 
But something will happen in these next days where you will actually experience an encounter with the living Christ. You likely won't see him with your eyes. My question is, will you recognize God is here? And I'm having the privilege that these ladies had of having an encounter with the living God. If you're here and you've trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior, may I assure you on the basis of John chapter 6 and the Word of God that when you come to the end of your life journey and you're breathing your last, the Lord Jesus Christ himself will be there to escort you into his presence. I will raise you up at the last day, Jesus said, right? And if you happen to be fortunate enough (laughs) to be alive at the moment when God says, God the Father says to God the Son, it's time. Go, gather up my people. The rapture happens. You'll see them with your own eyes. Isn't that what the Bible says? Isn't that true? And if for some reason you're still alive and you don't know Christ and suddenly all these people disappear and you can't figure out what's going on and if shortly thereafter Revelation chapter 20 tells us this thing called the great white throne judgment takes place. You'll see him there. We will all see him there. For Revelation chapter 20 tells us that he himself, the risen Christ, will be standing there at the great white throne and every single person will appear before him. You will will see him. All of us will see him. You may see him today when he passes by And you don't see him with your eyes, but you see the evidence of the presence of God. And you grab it. You may see him as he escorts you into God's presence at the moment of your departure. You may see him at the moment of the rapture, but you'll see him for sure when you stand before him. And he's judge over all humanity. And when you stand there, will you bow and worship him and say, thank you for being my savior. Thank you for being my Lord. And he welcomes you into his presence for all of eternity, huh? Why don't we talk to him? Lord Jesus Christ, how could we possibly thank you for the wonder of Resurrection Sunday morning? Why don't you thank him personally right now for what it means to you that Jesus Christ... God incarnate came here, lived his sinless, perfect life, proclaimed the truth of God, died for your sin and mine, rose from the grave, returned back to heaven where he reigns triumphant, ready to receive you. Why don't you thank him for that? And if it's possible that you're not sure that he is your Savior right now, right where you sit. Submit yourself to him, acknowledging that he alone is Jesus Christ, the one, the only one who could pay for your sin and invite him to be your Savior. And if in your journey you have wandered along the way and you haven't recently been celebrating him as your Savior, then right now, renew that celebration right where you're sitting. Allow him to overwhelm you with the wonder and the truth of it all. That he died for you, that he rose for you, that he wants to be your living, sovereign Savior. 
that he wants to make your life a vibrant experience. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that only in Jesus Christ is all of this possible. Only. We acknowledge that you, in fact, are a risen Savior. Oh, I praise you and I thank you, Lord Jesus, as we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.